It's time for JT the Brick. JT, the man, the myth, the legend. It's amazing some of the dummies that follow me. I don't know. No one knows. Whenever we crack a microphone, we're one of 32 NFL teams with the flagship station. I expect everyone to talk about the Raiders every day when I have a Raiders topic. There's not a game on this schedule against anybody. If Jimmy G's ready to go with this offense, where you can't say to yourself, you know something? We can win this game. We can win this game. People are going to go and buy tickets to come into our building because it's the best time in all of football. Now I got your attention. JT the Brick. 13, 13 is the bye week. That is bleeping real right now. Everybody gets the full playbook. You run the playbook faster. The plays get in and out of the huddle quicker. And you run the plays like you ran in Henderson. And you run them to perfection in the game. Do we all agree? Fair enough? Woo! And now. Because you're a pain in the ass. Here's JT the Brick. Oh, it's a two-hour show which I enjoy. I could do three, four, five. I usually do three, four, five, six a day. Most of the time, this is a two hour chunk for me that I love. It connects with the Raider nation, the proud Raider nation. And on the flagship of the silver and black, if you would have told me that 25 years ago, the Raiders would be in Vegas and we'd have a flagship radio station in Vegas. I would have said, you're nuts. People I worked with in the Bay Area didn't even want a flagship station. Those scoundrels on the radio up there didn't even want the Raiders to have a flagship station in the Bay Area. And now we have a global fan base that can listen on the Raiders mobile app. I think that's really cool. We'll hear from Antonio Pierce from his press conference earlier. I interviewed the coach on Thursdays. Our schedule changed a little bit. No, no problem for me. Whatever the coach needs, I'll do. A new schedule with me and the coaches tomorrow. We'll knock that out. We normally play the coach on Friday. And then that interview that I do runs on all the Raiders platforms, especially Raiders Report, Silver and Black Show, all of that. So it'll be my second interview with Antonio Pierce coming off the win and what that win means and how he gets everyone up again for the next game, which is I don't think that's going to be a big problem. I don't find that the motivation is going to be a problem. Just like the preparation with the former head coach on the field didn't seem to be a problem. What happened was the fact that whatever they did, it didn't work on game day with the offense. Defense was improved. Uh, defense stepped up this year under Patrick Graham. He's playing well. Antonio Pierce, part of that staff as a linebacker coach. Now AP goes to the top and he's in charge of the entire team. It was very refreshing to hear about his involvement with the offensive line all week. Something I might follow up with him this week. Because he said he was in every offensive line meeting, and I thought the offensive line played their best game of the year. And that's very important because this offensive line was a work in progress. The former GM, Dave Ziegler, wanted to build the offensive line, didn't want to spend a lot of money. They paid Colton Miller, and then the rest of the players, either on rookie contracts or smaller contracts. I was always here disagreeing. I thought they needed to go out and get a right tackle who was a former pro bowler, let go by a team, just a guy that you know. Not Trent Brown, who's a bum, who was a bum, and stole money from the Raiders. Get a right tackle. And with Thayer Mumford Jr. being nicked up and what they have to do, Illuminor playing well, or whoever they're going to use out there, will there be a new philosophy in the offseason to go get a right tackle, to go get a star defensive player? There's going to be a new philosophy with Champ, and Champ is doing, I'm really pulling for Champ, pulling for everybody in the building, but if you haven't met Champ Kelly, he was at the Bolitnikoff uh, Crab Fest, and he went, he went table to table to table, and he was on stage, and we talked for a moment, and he's just a great guy, everybody in the building loves Champ, 
loves Champ and hope that he's able to retain his position and not be the interim GM, but the GM of the future. So the philosophy on what the writers are going to do with the draft and free agency is going to change. It's going to be tweaked. I thought this, it was a pretty sound idea on what they wanted to do. I like to spend a little bit more money, but it's not my money. And you look at it this way, they have to win games now so everybody's in the running to retain their jobs. That's why I think the players are even going to be more motivated because they want everybody to play hard, play hard and keep their job so the coach, the interim coach, GM, everybody can keep their job. That's how this works. It's a business. 702-365-9200. If you got a reason why you think the Raiders have to do something different to beat the Jets compared to the Giants, I need to hear it because I think this is going to be a much tougher game. I just sent out a tweet. The Jets are a favorite, minus one in Vegas against the Raiders. What am I missing here? Leave a response. Rich Gannon retweeted it. Thank you, Rich Gannon, former MVP. Mike's in Staten, Italy, and Mikey's coming out here with some first responders because you were involved, Mike, deeply with 9-11 and the first responders. Tell everybody what you're doing for those first responders you're bringing out to Vegas. Uh, thank you, JT, for that. Yeah, um, I'll give back a little bit. You know, I take uh, we pick one away game every year for the Jets, and we, we go to a town that we've never been before uh, to see a game. So uh, it started with about uh, 200 of us, and unfortunately it's down to about 128 now but, um, left of us. And, we'll, you know, we come to the town, we come to Vegas, we'll wear our, uh, our Jet colors with the NYPD and the FDNY be respectful. We'll be at the torch watching you go. But, it, yeah, it, you know, it just brings back good memories because all of us are retired now. Everybody gets together from all over the United States, and, we, uh, and we're going to descend on Vegas. We're going to have uh, – we're going to enjoy uh, – we're going to enjoy the game, and a lot of us are staying for the uh, NASCAR. Uh, NASCAR yeah, sorry, I, I, Formula One. Yeah, well, Formula One. One other thing, I just got to bring this up. We've been friends for a while that number keeps getting lower because more retired police officers and first responders are dying because of 9-11 related illness in their lungs and whatever happened and you were on the right. cleanup and you were right there. Yeah. Uh, how hard is that? Because I'm sure every year you go on that trip, there's less yeah. people on that trip, but you pay tribute to them all. Correct. So we, we, you know, we do a couple of tailgates out and, and you're exactly right. Uh, we, go, we go once a month. We go uh, to uh, to Mount Sinai. It was the 9-11 uh, thing for us. And we go and we blow two go- uh, ping pong balls up for to, that checks our lungs. And uh, I always go first because they say I'm full of hot air. But you see it with, you know, guys that you work with. They go from 95% to 85%. And then once it gets to 70 And obviously COVID was a big, mm-hmm. big, you know, uh, you know, went after the lungs. And, and, and all the first responders didn't do good. And, and then... And you also got JT in it, and it struck a, a friend of ours uh, when when police officers and, and first responders retire. They're adrenaline junkies, and unfortunately, uh, suicide in in retired uh, first mm-hmm. responders is a major concern too. And and it's just not New York; it's it's all over the United States. And that's you know another thing that I'm uh, deeply involved in. And, and and that's what sports, and that's why your show is great, JT. That's what sports is about, to take your mind off of this. And for three hours, three and a half hours, have some fun going to the game, going back yep. and forth. I'm expecting, hey, listen, the Giants were dead. You're going to see a large green wave at, at the stadium this weekend. And, JT, I always got to remind you, the reason I called is I saw that tweet. I had to call you. Remember, the line on the game 
isn't about what the, the bookmakers in Vegas think the score is going to be. They don't think the Jets are going to win 24-23. The line is to get even action on both sides. So, they, you know, so if you put it to two and a half, three points, everybody would line up on the Raiders. If you went the other way, everybody. So they, they've been doing it for, you know, Vegas wasn't built on uh, losing. So, you know, th- that's to get the action. So basically it's a pick em game. JT, I'm going to give you one player that you got to control. He's an undrafted guy. He's, he's number 47 on the defensive line, Huff. Watch out for him. He's averaging about a sack and a half a game. The game between the game, it's, it's Crosby has to be in the backfield every play. Every play, he has to be in the backfield. And Sauce has to cover Adams. Who wins those two? Whoever wins that wins this game. I, I, my bet, AJT, hey, you know what I'm here. I need the Raiders to win in the worst way. I got the six and a half over. We talked about it nauseum all before the season. Mm-hmm. And we got, the, we got the Raiders with the old regime to nine and a half. So this game is huge. If they can get to five and five, the next two games are tough. But then, then I'm in really good shape, yeah. JT, and I can't wait to see you, my friend. All right. Thanks, Mikey. Appreciate you coming out with the first responders. Couple things. Uh, Mikey's got a big ticket. Big. I'm talking big number on the Raiders' season win total over six and a half. But he grew up a Jet fan, and he's bringing out uh, some first responders. I'll be out there at one stake at Virgin with the first responders. I'll be out there at Saturday night at one stake, which is a fantastic spot. And we're going to have dinner with some of the first responders who are coming out. I am a New Yorker. I'm very passionate about 9-11. I don't take conspiracy theories lightly. I don't like any of that stuff. And when you meet 9-11 heroes and responders, you stop in your tracks and you thank them, especially the ones who work the cleanup. You know, a lot of people died that day, police officers and firemen and emergency service workers, right? But the individuals, one of my best friends in my life, was at my wedding, was on the cleanup crew. Mikey was on the cleanup crew on top of working on 9-11, and we sent everyone in New York to that pile on 9-11 to go clean it up. And back then, you look at back then, what we know now is that everybody went to that pile, even if they had a mask on, the mask flew off, whatever they did. They put their lives on the line cleaning up that pile of rubble for years. And the damage it did to their lungs and to their lives is obvious. So we're going to celebrate those who are still with us uh, this weekend in Vegas and care a lot about those guys. And I'm happy they're coming out here to see Allegiant Stadium. One, every Raider fan, when you see these first responders, if you catch them at the game, shake their hands and say, welcome to Las Vegas. Thanks for coming to the game, even though you want the Raiders to win. Uh, that's been happening out here a lot. 702-365-9200 as we continue on here. Ira is in Tennessee on the Raider flagship on the Raider mobile app. Thank you very much, JT, for taking my call again. I was reading during the week that one of the offensive linemen for the Jets is not going to be playing, or he is going to be playing, but he's on injured. So I have a feeling that Max Crosby, I could see a Max Crosby type of Khalil Mack type of game out of uh, Max Crosby, and maybe a, a sack or two for Tyree Wilson if this uh, linebacker for the, or this offensive line for the Jets is uh, not going to be able to play. Yeah, well, I, I look at there's a lot of guys who aren't at 100%. Thanks, Ira. We found out today that, I can't believe it, Robert Spillane, who broke his hand, broke his hand in the Detroit game and didn't miss a play when he came back, taped it up, and then got the cast and played every opportunity he had to play. This guy's down, and the Jets have a couple of good players on the offensive line. 
on the offensive line who are out, and the Raiders' defensive line's got to be frothing at the mouth. The opportunity for them to have a big game is obvious, and I think they're going to coach Zach Wilson better. I've said that. I think they're going to coach Zach Wilson much better in this game for shorter passes to try to get the ball out. The last thing they're going to want to do, the last thing they're going to want to do is give, you know, Max Crosby a lot of time to come around the edge. You see how many times Max in the Giant game was double teamed? He spun around. The play was still alive, and he just missed. He could have had a five, six sack game instead of three. And with the Jets, I expect the same thing, but I think that Zach Wilson is going to be coached better by Robert Sala and especially Nathaniel Hackett to get the ball out. Remember, Nathaniel Hackett was the coach of the Denver Broncos, and he got fired because of the Raiders. Let me make that point clear to everybody who can hear my voice because they're going to play this on Jets radio because they're listening to my show, and they're going to play this on Jets radio. Nathaniel Hackett is the coach of the Jets for two reasons. The Raiders fired him. You get fired if you lose to the Raiders. Ask Vic Fangio. If you lose to the Chargers, you don't get fired. If you lose to the Titans, you don't get fired. If you lose to the Colts, you don't get fired. When you lose six in a row against the Raiders, all the coaches get fired, except for the one coming up now because Sean Payton is an elite coach, and he's going to be there as long as he wants. So Nathaniel Hackett did not know how to coach when he came to Las Vegas with the Denver Broncos. He couldn't get his eyes on the clock. He couldn't call the play. He could not handle the clock. He was removed from his services as the Denver Bronco head coach, and Russell Wilson was also awful. Now he doesn't have to look at the clock, really. I mean, on offense he does get the plane in and out, but he's not the head coach. He's going to come in here looking to beat the Raiders, and so is Robert Sala, who's a niner. He might be the head coach of the Jets, but he's a 49er, and he's coming here to win. These coaches will coach their team better than they did Monday night against the Chargers, I promise you that. Vince Sapienza from Fox 5 will join us coming up. Manio is parked in front, got it to Carlson, and he scores! Roof job, William Carlson from the left goal line. 7-0, Golden Knights. Two goals in the third period for William Carlson. That's Golden Knights Radio. We're brought to you by Tequila Commissario. It's the most awarded tequila. Did you hear that? You immediately notice the beautiful packaging. And after just one sip, you'll experience how smooth it is. I told Gavin Maloof, one of the minority owners of our world champion Stanley Cup Golden Knights, I had a party at my house, you know, 15, 20 people, and I broke out the reserve and we shared it with everyone. Everyone's like, what is this? This is Tequila Commissario, the reserve. Can I have more? Can I have more? On the rock, straight up. People loved it. Best tequila I've ever tried. It's the Ferrari of tequila. The single highest quality, 100% all natural, handcrafted tequilas. Tequila Commissario, a proud partner of our show on Raider Nation Radio. Brings me to Vince Sapienza, the award-winning. He's just great. He covers everything. Is there anything you don't cover, Vince Sapienza? And, and, and with the Emmy Awards, I, I just know you're going to get an <laughs> Emmy every year. How are you, buddy? Uh, good, JT cover uh, the Stanley Cup party over at JT's. I don't know where my name was on that guest list, but I need to get on that for the next time 
Uh, I'm not at T-Mobile Arena. That sounds like a good time. Yes, it wasn't a Stanley Cup party. You would have been invited. <laughs> just some just some locals in the neighborhood. How good are the Golden Knights now? Because a buddy of mine called me up before the Colorado game, and he said the three greatest teams in hockey are the Golden Knights, obviously Stanley Cup champs, Boston, who could have won and should have won maybe the last couple of years, and Colorado, and they slaughter Colorado 7 to nothing. What's happened since? Yeah, I mean, there's no question the Golden Knights are once again the favorites to repeat because they're, they're showing it. Uh, you know, 11-1-1 to start. Uh, to, to put that in perspective, the Golden Knights were 11-2-0 last year at this exact same time. So they are one point better in the standings than they were exactly a year ago, which is absolutely incredible considering the Golden Knights of Sonic Colorado game have really yet to play a full 60 minute. Yes, they've been winning games, but they've, they've told me countless times that they're not a fan of the way they're going. They're, they're doing just enough to get the win with that, which at the end of the day is what you need to do. But they know that there's one, two, maybe even three more gears that they can get to now against Colorado over the weekend. That was a game that they were hyped for. That was a game that they had circled on the calendar as a, as a standard, as a gold bar, as a litmus test. And they answered it in spades. Colorado just had no answers for them. Obviously, less than 24 hours later, they take on the Ducks, who have been resting at home for four days, getting geared up to, to face the defending Stanley Cup champs. They were up 2 nothing against them, but they had a bad third period. A couple bounces didn't go their way in their first regulation loss of the season. That being said, this group, this calling card from last year's group, was their ability to bounce back, win or lose, reset, refocus. And, you know, they weren't happy that they lost. They knew a regulation loss was going to come eventually at one point. But after getting the day off on Monday, they had a really good practice yesterday. And there's, you walk in the locker room this morning, and it's like, all right, it's go time. The LA Kings are on tap. This is going to be a playoff-like atmosphere at T-Mobile Arena. And it's going to be another big division test where, you know, it's not just a two-point game on the line. It's a four-point swing. So this is another big one that I expect the Golden Knights to come out uh, on all cylinders. Vince Sapienza joins us from Fox 5. So as we're talking about Antonio Pierce keeping the emotion high, I think it's easy to do in football when you're trying to get back to 500 and you're playing at home in front of almost 65,000 fans. How does Bruce Cassidy do this all year? I mean, they are running away. They're off to this great start. And I heard a little bit of his press conference recently about that, when he talks to players one-on-one. He doesn't talk to them in front of you behind closed doors, doesn't on the ice sometime, and you as an insider notice this. How does he push and then pull back because it's a long season and a lot of the big games upcoming on the road? Yeah, you know, Bruce is is the ultimate button presser. (laughs) You know, he really knows – the pulse of this team, when to talk to guys, when not to. He said last year during his first year with the Golden Knights, it took him you know, about a half season to kind of figure out who he needs to talk to, who he needs to leave alone at certain times. And, and you're right, he doesn't do a lot of screaming on the bench to his players. He doesn't do a lot of in front of people. He'll sit down with guys. He'll have one-on-one chats, but they're not these lengthy, hour-long you know, interview-type type sessions. They're just quick, hey, what's going on? What do you need? those types of things, and, and Bruce is a guy that's been through the trenches. He's been through the battles in the AHL and what it's like to be up here and all those different kinds of things, and I think his experience in Boston with a lot of veteran players during his time there has helped him here where this is a veteran late, and, and so you need to understand when guys need the day off, when, when guys need to you know have a maintenance day, which he's done here the last couple of days. Chandler Stevenson had a maintenance day yesterday. He's announced he's a couple games with an upper body injury. Alex Martinez 
needed a maintenance day uh, a few days ago. He should be good to go in the lineup tonight against L.A. So he's picking and choosing and finding, you know, when these guys need rest, when they should practice. Like Another perfect example is giving the guys a day off on Monday. They played four games in six nights. And it wasn't because they lost or because they played a bad game or a good game or whatever it is. He just understood the tired group. This is a team that had a short off season, and he knows that keeping uh, you know those those fresh in April will prove dividends. Hopefully, come June. Vince Sapienza, as we wrap it up. So give me some Raider content. What do you think? Because you cover the Raiders too, official partner on Fox Five, and what you see coming up here. From your view in the press box, knowing the owner, the decision that Mark Davis had to make quickly to make a regime change with Antonio Pierce, Champ Kelly, to do all of this, how big that decision was and what's at stake for the Raiders if they can get this win coming up against the Jets. I mean, what a difference. What a difference Allegiant Stadium felt like. I mean, you were there. You felt it, too. It, it was just different. Obviously, we've covered this team, you know, for, for or you much longer than I, but, you know, it's the second time now we've seen a, a coaching shift, an interim coaching shift midseason. But this one feels very different than, than the other one with Rich Basaccia. And I'm not even talking about the circumstances or anything like that. I'm just talking about the feel inside the stadium, talking with some of the players postgame and, and things. It, it just felt different. It felt loose. And then you obviously see the videos of the basketball, the, the victory cigars and all that. But even the fans, I mean, they, they just seem like a, a, new, a new lease on life. And, uh, you know, the, the, players, the players showed up and they showed out and they made it count on the scoreboard. You know, it's one of those things that this is a production-based business, as Antonio Pierce has said on multiple occasions. And the Raiders went out, made changes, and they went out and produced. And so I'm very excited, and as excited as Allegiant Stadium was uh, with the Giants in town, I cannot wait to see what Sunday's going to look like in prime time with the Jets, and, and Allegiant Stadium is going to be on fire, knowing what they saw the week before and knowing that this is going to hopefully, for Raider Nation, be you know only on the up and up and things get going. But you can see it in the eyes of the players and the post-game talks and the way they're talking when they're talking about Antonio Pierce, just that a different kind of respect and a different kind of uh, understanding and confidence that, that he just breathes without even talking. You just see it on the practice around different drills and things like that. So um, obviously uh, there was a change that needed to happen. It did happen. The Raiders came out and, and made it worth it uh, week one in terms of the new, the new regime. Let's see what they can do on Sunday night prime time with the world watching. Vince Sapienza, Fox 5, your next appearance in a couple of weeks after F1. I think you're a lot like me. We started together on my show, and when we were together back in the day, I've always been a guy encouraging big events. If you don't have the Sphere, you don't have U2 at the Sphere. If you don't have Allegiant Stadium, you don't have the Raiders. If we don't have T-Mobile, we don't have the Stanley Cup champ Golden Knights. We're getting F1 on a long-term deal to have one of the biggest sporting events in the world. It seems like it's clunky. It's it could be it could be up and down. I know there's a lot of people upset about the traffic, but I'm encouraged that they'll get it right. And long term, we'll look back and be fortunate that we have a global event like this. How do you see it? Yeah, it's very rare Vegas gets it wrong. Uh, you know, obviously there's there's a lot of tough sledding right now. I know uh, as you said, traffic is a big one, but mm-hmm. the sheer dollars, the sheer numbers, the economy, what it's going to do around here, uh, it's going to prove dividends. 
And again, Vegas does not miss very often. So this is going to be a spectacle like we've never seen. I know it seems like we say that after every event, but it seems like we get every new event and the events just get bigger. I, JT, after the Super Bowl, I mean, I don't know what's left for to conquer. I mean, it's just going to become the new standard of a, of a rotating cycling presence of big-time events on a much larger worldwide scale. And so, uh, yeah, does it feel a little clunky right now? Yeah, but come race week, I think you're going to see the glitz, the glamour. You're going to see everything that is cracked up. I think the community is going to really enjoy it. Thank you, my friend. I hope to see you in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be real busy together. We've got a lot of good times coming up. Thank you. Thanks, JT. Vince Appienza, Fox 5. Good, good, hardworking insider. Great to have him on. So we go from one to another. Arguably one of the best in all of the NFL. Our teammate here on Raider Nation Radio, Vinny Bonsignor, joins us. Uh, Vinny, I'll jump right in with the former regime out. Uh, Now a lot of people are talking. Uh, You and I had a lot of information beforehand. You have a relationship with the GM, I with the coach, everyone involved here. A lot of it got out after Mark Davis made the decision to not retain him. What's your big takeaway about what happened? Yeah, and uh, thanks for having me, JT. I think you're also seeing, um, you know, there's some misinformation out there. I got to – scratch my head sometimes over what I see on Twitter and what I see on uh, on Facebook and social media. I think there's a lot of sites out there that are trying to draw attention to themselves. So uh, I would caution everybody on, on what they read and, and what they digest and who they digest it from. So just a fair warning uh, on all that. I think the bottom line is, you know, Mark Davis saw that there was still talent on this team, still um, you know, a lot to play for, and a coach that just wasn't, for whatever reason, getting the most out of his players and you can call it a uh you know maybe some missteps in terms of the personality and the personal connection you know i feel like when josh mcdaniel's x and o's weren't working there probably wasn't a whole lot to fall back on uh i think mark davis started picking up on that i think some of the players brought that to his attention and he felt it was time to make a change and that's exactly what they did and i think sunday's results the way the raiders played kind of felt liberated, free, and confident with a little bit of a swagger. Uh, I put a lot of that on the players. I put a lot of that on, on the tone that Antonio Pierce set. Uh, and I feel like that's sort of what Mark Davis was trying to capture for the rest of the season. We'll see where it takes them the rest of the season and beyond in terms of who ultimately gets the head coaching job and the general manager's job. But uh, I think a, a breath of fresh air, a change in course, and a change in personality uh, was needed, and you saw the results of that. And I also think that you saw that this team has a lot of talent. You know, it's not the greatest roster uh, in the NFL, but there's a lot of young players. There's a lot of players that Champ Kelly and, and Dave Ziegler brought in, the Robert Splains, the Marcus Epps, the Jacoby Myers, the Michael Mayers, the Trey Tuckers, you know, the Aiden O'Connells. This, this is a, this is a, a pretty talented roster uh, that they needed to find out somebody or find somebody to get the most of it over these last nine games and now eight games and so far so good. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest. Vinny, now I love this having you on. I want to really do some hardcore X's and O's. This game jumps out at me from a stats perspective. Uh, Jets and Raiders ranked 30th and 31st in run defense. I mean, the numbers are overwhelming, about 137 yards a game on average. So these teams give up a lot of easy rushing yards that accumulate throughout the game. We saw the Raiders have some bad tackling performances this year, and I think the Jets are so good 
when it comes to pass defense that what gives up is a little bit of the run defense. Really looks like to me, Vinny, they're going to run it. Both teams are going to really want to establish the run early Sunday night. Yeah, uh, but then when you look at the overall statistics, the Giants are, excuse me, the Jets are ninth in total yards given up and ninth in points given up. Uh, and the Raiders are, what, 19th in points given up and, and better, uh, you know, higher ranked in total yards given up. So uh, I do think that both teams are going to try to run the ball, but I think you got to throw the ball to win in this league. And I think what that's what the, the you know, as, as good as the Raiders ran the ball on Sunday and it was the best that they've run all year, I think a little bit of that also had to do with the quarterback play uh, that they got. Being able to throw the ball long, being able to throw, throw it early to Jacoby Myers for a nice 25-yard gain, uh, to plant that seed uh, in the defense's mind. And I think that that's going to give the Raiders the edge in this game. I just believe more in Aiden O'Connell than in Zach Wilson. And I think that change at quarterback and some of what they were doing differently with the zone uh, runs to Josh Jacobs really unlocked uh, some of what uh, had been locked up in terms, of this, uh, in terms of this offense. I think the Raiders can control things on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, even if they give up some rushing yards, that's fine. Just be good in the red zone. Get them off the field on third down. Don't give up big plays, whether it's in the run game uh, or the pass game. And I think uh, they'll also should be able to get some pressure on Zach Wilson and maybe force a turnover or two that can flip the field and give Aiden uh, and the offense shorter fields to work with. So uh, I think this will be a fairly low-scoring game. It's not going to be just because how good that Jets defense is. But I think the Raiders should be able to find a way in this game. Vinny Bonson, you're part of the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Lindsay. Catch him every morning, plus Vegas Nation. So one of the things I'm trying to get ahead of, because F1 being here and obviously the Raiders will be in Miami, is I think the offense has to be very explosive and better on third down. Five of 14, you know, five of 13. Playing, struggling on third down was a big problem this year. And I've, I've always been... I've been struggling with that, even with Derek Carr here. Why, why does third down have to be so complicated when you have Devontae Adams who can get you six yards on a slant? Now, I know a linebacker can jump that window. The safety's over the top. I get all that. But Devontae's there, and when Devontae's having sub-50-yard games, he gets less than 50 yards and four receptions. Can we get the ball to him on third down and short, or is it going to be – Run, 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 and pick up the yards that way. You come on up short, you got to punt the ball. A.J. Cole's been great this year. But I truly believe, more so than Hunter Renfro and even Michael Mayer, that Devontae's got to be the go-to guy on third and six, third and eight. And then underneath that, we can talk about running the ball, Vinny, but is that a way to get Devontae going under this new offensive coordinator? Yeah, and, you know, you looked at what the Giants did. Um, you know, there was a lot of uh, safety coming over to help. Uh, on Devontae, well, guess what that led to? Uh, a long throw to Trey Tucker uh, on single coverage, and he beat his man pretty easily. Uh, Aiden made a decent throw, and, and that's a big 50-yard completion. So um, I keep going back to this. The more you can do that, the more the Michael Mayers uh, can, can beat you, the more the Jacoby Myers can beat you, the more the running game uh, can beat you. Uh, and, and conversely for the Raiders, that they can lean on that. The more you're going to see – defenses loosen up on Devontae Adams, and then that's where he'll be really able to do what he does. But I, I, I'm with you, and I, and I think they, there, there were a couple of times where they tried to get the ball to Devontae. I thought there was a P.I. Uh, I don't know what down it was, uh, but it was a pa I thought it was a pass interference that didn't get called. Uh, I also thought Devontae may have uh, – there might have been a um, – you know, not, not that he dropped it necessarily, but um, catch that he should have made. Uh, there was also, I thought, 
you know, on a, on a throw to, uh, to Devontae that they just missed on. Uh, there were some footwork issues with, with Aiden O'Connell that uh, he wasn't able to get, you know, the, the kind of accuracy on the ball. I do think that that connection, the Devontae Adams-Aiden um, O'Connell connection, is going to get better as the season goes on and the more these two, two, two players uh, play with each other. There were some targets to him, a couple of them just missed. I would expect some of those just misses to be hits uh, down the road, maybe this week against the Jets. And I think organically, um, you know, Devontae is going to get his necessary touches and his necessary yards. And I think that this offense, as a result of that and the other players that I mentioned, really has a chance to be a good offense. It's been mystifying that, that, that this offense hasn't been good. And part of that, I think, was the level of quarterback play. I think you saw on Sunday what this offense can look like with a competent quarterback. And that was in an attack where, frankly, the Raiders took their foot off the gas a little bit in the second half after building the big lead and really not respecting anything that the Giants' offense was doing. And I think they really dialed it down. There's going to be games coming up, the Miami Dolphins, the Kansas City Chiefs, where that's not going to be the case, where the other team's going to put pressure on you offensively and you're going to have to respond uh, offensively too. And I'm looking forward to seeing how does Aiden perform in those situations where it's not going to just be in the second half handing it off to, to Josh Jacobs. It's going to have to be driving down the field and taking advantage of the Devontae Adams of the world. Last one for Vinny B. So, Vinny, uh, put on your radio hat, not your journalist hat here and all your other great platforms. But for radio, uh, we got to sell hope. And we, the Raider fans, they, their commitment to excellence, they want to win Super Bowls and win playoff games. And that's a big test here with the Jets because it's, it's, it's tough sledding if you can't beat the Jets with Miami and Kansas City on deck before the bye week. What's at stake in this game, the importance of a victory here in the big perspective of what's left on the schedule? Yeah, well, when you look at what's left on the schedule, you look at the Jets. This is a team I think the Raiders are better than and should beat. You look at the Vikings with their quarterback issues. Uh, that's a team that I think that you know uh, the, the Raiders will be in a good position to beat at home. They play the Chargers at home on a Thursday night. The Raiders and Chargers typically split, so that's a game that I'm not going to you know just write off as a loss at all for the for the Raiders. Uh, you've got the Denver Broncos uh, at home to end the season. You've got the Colts in Indianapolis, a team that I think the Raiders can go out there in Indianapolis and, and compete with. That's five games right there, JT, that the Raiders, when you look at it, you wouldn't be shocked if they won. In, in a few of those, they should actually win. So five plus four equals nine. That, there's a chance for them to get to nine wins, just looking at the schedule and eyeballing the schedule. Then it might come down to what do you do in the three other games? That's the Miami Dolphins and two against the Kansas City Chiefs. Can the Raiders somehow, some way, get one win out of those three? Now, granted, you know, I'm not sitting here predicting that they're going to win all the five games I just talked about. Mm-hmm. But those are games that you look at and say, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. In fact, there's, there's probably all five where you can see the chance for a victory. So uh, if you want to look for hope, uh, there it is, right there. It's, it's not impossible for the Raiders to get to nine wins, and then you've got three other, win, three other games to potentially steal one or two to get even better. So uh, there it is. And that's why Mark Davis made the move when he did. Uh, there's still a lot to play for this season. And the Raiders showed on Sunday the team that they can potentially be. And if they can capture that and take that with them moving forward, then they're going to be in a lot of those games I just referenced. Vinny, got a lot of uh, partners. Let's talk about a few of them here as we get ready for another home weekend. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. Dos Cotas Tequila. 
Uh, we're going to be back out uh, over at the uh, Rockstar Bar and Grill, back to our roots on, sun, on Saturday night, uh, starting about 6 o'clock, um, you know, getting together before the Jets game. Uh, if you want to go online, if you're not here in Las Vegas, go to doscatasspirits.com, punch in the code word kickoff, and you'll get 20% off your next purchase of Doscata Tequila. Thank you, Vinny. I'll see you all weekend. Appreciate you. All right, JT. Take care. Vinny Bonsignor. How good are our insiders today, man? Vinny, Vince, Bill Williamson, and we had Kenny King on. I mean, Bobby threading the needle here. I mean, unbelievable show. Two-hour show. I had nothing to do with it. I asked a couple questions. Get out of my way. I learned a long time ago uh, when I was in San Francisco on KNBR. Uh, people have said to me, uh, what, t- what style do I have when I interview people? Less of me, more of them. That's it. I learned that in 1996. Less of me, more of the guest. It's not about me. It's about the guest. They're the guest. We want to hear from them. We hear enough of me. We hear enough of me. Ask my wife and kids. Enough of me. And, you know, I was up in KMBR, and there was a radio host that asked 11-minute questions. I don't know if you remember. There was a guy up there that asked questions for like 11 minutes. And I said, I will never do that. Get out of the way. Let the guests come on to provide entertainment and information. We are more of a information show than we are entertainment because I said in my life there's only one guy qualified to be funny on the radio and that was Jay Moore because he was a former comedian I turn on the radio now there's six guys on TV I got a show now there's six people on TV four of them aren't qualified to talk they shouldn't be allowed to but they're allowed to people people want to entertain I always tell the entertainment sports radio guys if you're so good at entertaining Go to the FM side, man. We need more entertainers on the FM side, man. Be the next Howard Stern. Be the next funny guy. So, again, you're not going to get a lot of jokes and inside jokes on this show. We like to have fun with our guests. But we're here to talk sports. And the guys who say, stick to sports. Oh, oh, I will. I'm hired to be a sports talk radio host. Not to be a comedian. Uh, I talk a little bit about music a few times a week. A little bit about my family. Just a little bit. But we got a job to do every day, man. We got to talk about sports. It's the greatest thing to talk about. Could you imagine being politics, having to talk politics every day, having to talk about the economy every day and the stock market, having to talk about all these other things? We get a chance to talk about sports, and I'm grateful that we have such a great audience. We see the streaming numbers. We look at them. You hear all the partners I have, 13 going on 15. Because they see the numbers, they know you're listening. You come out to the remotes. I want to thank Mike and La Casa Cigars and Lounge at Tivoli Village. What a turnout we had there. The walk-in humidor, over 500 cigar labels to choose from. Plus, La Casa Cigars and Lounge features one of the largest whiskey, scotch, and bourbon selections in the entire valley. Live local entertainment, seven nights a week. My go-to for Thursday night football, I'll be there. Private memberships are available. You get a private membership, you get to go in the back room. Ooh, they let me in there, man. That back room, there's a lot of action going on back there. La Casa Cigars and Lounge at Tivoli Village and online at lacasacigars.com. If you want to get through, get through before the top of the hour. Q's coming up. He asked a lot of poignant questions. We're going to get to a few of them. I want to hear from Antonio Pierce. I interview him tomorrow in the building, and hopefully Coach Pierce can get another win, start stacking wins. The Jets are in town. We have a Jets insider on tomorrow. I actually have to choose between two, so I'll let you know who that's going to be. And then if you're coming into town for the Jet game, we'll see you at the Torch. Pre-game show last week was wild, man. A lot of friends in town, photos, selfies, 
energy was great. A real Raider home game. A lot of Raider fans. Silver and black outnumbering the blue and white. And hopefully we see that against Gang Green as the Jets are coming in. I mean, that was our mindset last week, us against the world. And that hasn't changed. It won't change as long as I'm in front of this, this team and this podium. We will carry that chip. But, again, at the end of the day, it's always fun to play underneath the bright lights. That's when the stars step up, right? And that's when certain guys make a name for themselves. And for us, it's a great opportunity on a, on a national stage with everybody watching Sunday night against a very good physical football team uh, to, again, showcase that we can keep pounding and compounding brick by brick, win by win, play by play, um, performances by our team. JT, back with you, Antonio Pierce. We'll get to more of his press conference from earlier. We're brought to you by M-Ride. If you need a ride to the game, there's an easier way to get there. M-Ride luxury shuttles are Las Vegas fans' best solution when traveling to and from Allegiant Stadium and T-Mobile, the arena. Choose your pickup location, either from Circa or at the Palms. You know those two properties. You can ride round trip directly to every Raiders and Golden Knights home game. Every guest feels like a VIP with M-Ride's top-notch service and conveniences. Forget parking, dealing with this insane traffic, or getting stuck in a long line. Upgrade your game day experience with M-Ride Las Vegas game day shuttles. It's that good. Teo Johnson and his team knocked it out of the park with this. Brought it from the Bay Area to Vegas. It's a home run. Reserve your ride today at mridelv.com. That's mridelv.com. Let M-Ride take you to and from the game. So Coach Pierce on Sunday night, I love primetime games. Some people don't. I don't know why. you got to stay an extra night in a hotel. You gotta, I, I don't know about that. I live here locally. For those listening, I love me some primetime. I love Monday night football, Thursday night football, Sunday night football. It feels bigger. And I like to go there and have a really good time and have a lot of fun. And I think that's what happens when you have a primetime game. So remember that. The primetime games you get because the Raiders are supposed to win and deliver an audience to the NFL and to NBC. If NBC doesn't get an audience, they're not going to come back to Vegas. And this is the year of the Super Bowl. So do you put on a show? No, you just do your job and win the game. That's what this coach said. Do your job and win the game. But there is a lot of high emotion, high emotion that comes into a game like this. And I like it better that way than a Sunday 105 or a Sunday 120. Those games are important too. You know, I love those games too, but I, I like the primetime game much better because of the opportunity to get after it, have a good time. It just feels a lot bigger and better when we have those games. More from Antonio Pierce today. Uh, let's open up with what he talked about, which I think is really important. When you look at the vibe of this team and how they're getting there, he respects the opponent. Just like all the coaches in the past, he's the interim head coach. The Jets' defense has his attention. Uh, play hard, uh, physical up front, both sides of the football. They're built well uh, with the offensive line. Big, massive gentleman uh, on the defensive line. Obviously, a very skilled, talented, length, mass. I mean, looks good, you know. And then in the back end, you know, they you know, obviously Sauce Garden is a problem, um, but that's secondary. You know, they play well. They're in sync. Good football program. Good football program, and obviously for us, you know, we're going to have to um, be on our P's and Q's and dialed up and match their energy as well. 
Yeah, let's spend some more time on Sauce Gardner. He's a young player in this league. He's been beat. I've seen him beat a bunch. But when he makes a play, it's very dramatic because he's an athlete. He can run with anyone. He'll probably go up against Devontae. One thing we know, we know where he's going to be at, right? He's going to be on that left side, all right. But um, a very talented individual, a lot of confidence, swag, ball making, ball hawking, creates opportunities for his defense with his length, plays to the the strength of the system as well, knows where his help is. Smart football player, really good football player, very talented. Uh, It's going to be fun to watch whoever he's matched up on and just watch how our guys compete against him. Yeah, one more, maybe one or two more. This one got my attention about listening to the players and the players having a voice when they put together the game plan. Yeah, I think it's important that, you know, you always go back to the players and ask, hey, what are you comfortable with? Especially now for Bo, right? New play caller. Uh, getting a feel for your players. Again, we talked about this last week, the synergy and energy and the feel for one another. And as Bo's growing, as I'm growing with Bo and, and this offense, just understanding what, work, what works well for our guys, you know, and not for the play caller. You know, how do we execute? What do we execute at a higher level with? And those guys uh, did have some input. Uh, I asked them to do that as well. Uh, but more importantly, it's going to come down to play caller and a quarterback and what we're comfortable with. And then more importantly, what can we execute at a high level to give us an opportunity to win? All right, a couple of housekeeping items before we get out of here. I'm on the new YouTube channel. Got my own YouTube channel, uh, JT the Brick YT. We did a really nice spirited. A lot of Raider fans were in there yesterday. Thanks for everybody who joins us. That'll be Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. Trying to do Thursdays also or before or in the fourth quarter of the football game. So we're going to do more of that as we continue on. We got the NBA wide open hockey Big that we had Vince on earlier today in the Golden Knights and what they're doing. Next week, I'm going to spend some time with F1 as we preview the Miami Dolphins and what's going to go on there. And then a lot of good news, baseball, the winter meetings, the GM meetings, a lot of managers getting hired and a lot of changes in Major League Baseball. A lot of changes. The Angels hire Ron Washington is their new manager. Really? A nice guy. Been around the block. Still can't believe that Bruce Bochy had to sit at home. Bruce Bochy sat at home and wasn't getting offers. And then the Rangers gave him an offer and he easily won the World Series. I repeat, easily. And won all his games on the road. How many teams missed out on that move? Unbelievable. Q's coming up next, as you always know. Big show for him every day. I'll be back tomorrow. I got the head coach interview at the facility. I'll race back. We'll do the radio. And then get one step closer to the weekend. A lot of people in town coming in this weekend. Why not? Las Vegas and Sunday night football. Are you kidding me? No better ticket in town than Raider fans. Hold on to your ticket and sell them to Raider fans if you're going to move them. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening, as always.